Quick disclaimer, we do not claim to be experts on any of the topics we discuss. We are speaking solely on the basis of our own experiences and research. Thank you for listening and enjoy. What's up guys and welcome to The Backdrop. I'm Miller. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Connor. This is our first episode of our podcast. We don't really know what we're doing, but yeah. Today we're going to talk about game show cheaters or people who just broke the system yeah. in game shows. There's a there's a lot of different like it's it's pretty common. There's there's been tons of people who've been on game shows and cheated and some of them haven't even had any consequences for cheating, but we're just going to go over like the main cheaters in television game show history. Today, I don't know so, about you, but the first one I got was Michael Larson. Michael Larson, <laughs> no, I mean, is that the, not the first name? Yes, Michael. That reminds me of that guy from TikTok, uh, Daniel Larson. You know, what I'm talking about, and he was like really creepy. You know, what I'm talking about what he's like, he had like a rough life. All right, anyway, <laughs> so you got Michael Larson, apparently, he was on a Show, game show. <laughs> he was on press your luck. Press your luck. Um, Come on, big so money, I, no whammies. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess um, we're gonna be talking about different cheaters who have been on game shows and the ways they've cheated and like, just I don't know the interesting situations surrounding their whole. I'm on the show, I guess. Yeah. So, Michael Larson was a 35-year-old Ohio man who drove an ice cream truck. A uh-huh. Salty's ice cream truck. That's your first red flag right there. <laughs> the ice cream. Every ice cream truck driver is, like, scary. Like, creepy. Remember? At the beach, there was an ice cream truck that would always come by in front of, like, the oh, apartment company. I remember that, yeah. And... He would just stop there, and it wouldn't matter if anyone came up to him or not. He would sit there for 15 minutes. I kind of wanted to go get, go up to He was probably just lonely. Like, he was like, all right, I'm waiting for somebody to come get some ice cream. And then, like, nobody ever bought ice cream from him. I kind of felt bad. But there was a Goosebumps episode of, like, a, a deadly ice cream driver. And he killed, like, a... I don't know if he killed the kid, but he, like... Was kidnapping kids and stuff, so it's kind of scary. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, allegedly, while he was an ice cream driver, he would go home and record on his VCR as many episodes of Press Your Luck as he could, and then review them every night. And he found that there were five patterns that you could memorize in order to basically beat the game. Mm -hmm. And so I have it here. It's not that complicated as you'd think it would be for a game show. So what what is Press Your Luck in the first place? Like, how how does that game work? Basically, you have a randomized board of 18 slots, Mm -hmm. and the cursor or, like, the box selection goes around in a seemingly random pattern. And 
you stop it whenever you want as a contestant and you could win money, you could win trips, prizes, boats, but you would not want to land on a whammy because a whammy would take all your prizes and all your oh, money. Okay. And once you got three of those, I believe your game would end. Okay, so, well, it's, are you going to, like, you're going to show us, like, I need to stop saying like. 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 Like, like. <laughs> like the video, guys. Um, you see, have you seen Nemo and those, like, birds? And they're like, 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 like. They don't like, like they say mine. <laughs> I just can't form a sentence without saying it. I'm going to try to stop. Okay. Alright. So basically. So yeah, go into that. Basically, from all this studying of the game show, Larson found that the fourth and the eight squares. Mm-hmm. starting from the top left and going around clockwise would always have a cash prize would never have a whammy on it like what he so he went on the show he was like kind of obsessed with it and then he went on the show and then kind of figured out how to cheat the system well yeah right? so he became obsessed with it for about 6 months of studying it uh-huh and he said that he was doing it in order to give his daughter an amazing birthday party. Oh. Oh. Oh, that, that's what that's the story he's going with. Okay. I mean, it's kind of kind of nice. So, he went on the show and he ended up using the strategies he found to win. Yeah, so he found that there are five patterns that he would just memorize over and over. Mhm. And then once he eventually got onto the show, he was able to do 45 spins without hitting a single whammy, which is statistically impossible. For how many spins? 45. 45. That sounds pretty impossible. Typically, you would have a 1 in 6 odd of hitting a whammy on any given spin. So did they figure out he was, like, cheating as, so as the show went on? The head of the CBS daytime programming, Michael... Uh, Brockman basically said, well, I'll quote him for this. He said, how did he cheat? He beat the system. So he basically... He didn't really cheat. He just yeah, figured out... Yeah. He figured out what he could do that would allow him to do. Like what the game could allow a person to do if they were... If they really put in enough effort to like figure out the show. Yeah, yeah. But originally, CBS wouldn't pay him his money. Because no. the, the network standards and practices department basically said that he blatantly cheated. Like, he had to have cheated. Yeah. I don't blame him. Like, the years of them doing that show, it's kind of insane that somebody would go f- 45 spins without getting a whammy. So, in the end, he ended up winning $110,000, which... Nowadays, as of 2021, would have been $283,000. And they wouldn't let him come back onto another episode after this. The cap Mm -hmm. at the time for winning was $25,000. So the the cap was $25,000, and he won over $100,000 on one episode? Was it one episode? Wow. These type of things really... They they change how these shows, like their rules on the show and how they're played. Cause I've seen 
some things. If you've ever seen Jeopardy, it's my, <laughs> my favorite. It's not really, I wouldn't say it's a game show. It's like a trivia show. Um, but at the begin, like at the, on the early days of the show, they would have a five max, a five game max win limit because they would think that if you went over five games that you would, that the game show was like kind of favoring a contestant or that the contestant may be cheating or something. And then like immediately when they got rid of that five game max win limit on Jeopardy, not immediately after, but very soon after, there was a guy named uh, Ken Jennings. Have you ever heard of him? Yeah. Ken Jennings. He's like the most like popular game show, or I wouldn't say game show, but it kind of is a game show. He's the most well-known contestant on any show, like game show or trivia show he's on, in history. He's on Masterminds, right? Yeah, he's on Masterminds too, and he well, he's been on a lot of stuff. He now after um, Alex Trebek has passed away. He hosts the majority of the Jeopardy episodes, uh, along with Mayim Bialik. Pretty sure that's how you say her name. She was on the Big Bang Theory. But anyway, after they got rid of the limit on Jeopardy, Ken Jennings went on to win. Like it was a five-game limit, right? So he went on to win seventy-something games, God. right? Right after they got rid of the five game max win limit which is insane i don't and they didn't think i know there like you would be thinking that he probably could have cheated because that's kind of insane to win 70 straight games against two other opponents two different other opponents every day but jeopardy is just they've evolved and developed in such a way that they have eliminated like any possibility of favoring and cheating on jeopardy but, yeah, kind of reminded me of the Press Your Lug guy. All right, another one that I found, this is more of an interesting game show player, is Rick Rockwell. Rick Rockwell? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's tongue twister. Okay, so he was an American actor. He played Steve Kristoff mm-hmm. in A Miracle on Ice, which I'm pretty sure we've watched from school. Some, I haven't watched that. I know teachers play random movies, <laughs> inspiring they, they movies. They play, like, the worst movies <laughs> at school. It's, like, the lowest rating movies that they play. I promise you. In that music, nobody's ever heard of. In music class, we listened to, we watched uh, Sound of Music at least ten times. Oh. Oh. Oh, don't even get me started on that movie. That boring movie. I mean, it was good, but... So... He was born on November 27th, 1956 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He was basically his, how do you say, his his alleged cheating in the game show was he claimed to be a millionaire on who wants, on the game show, who wants to marry a multimillionaire. Oh. But he really wasn't that rich. He owned, I think, a 100, not even 100. I think he owned a 1,200-square-foot house. Mm-hmm. That's a... <laughs> what? He only owned a house. 
Just an empty house, no furniture. <laughs> I mean, like, he had the house. It was a very small house uh, for a guy that claimed to be a multi-millionaire. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of suspicious. So, that's basically the only thing he really did. He kind of lied to get onto the game show. But there's some more interesting things about his career. Um, he was involved in a string of movies spanning from the early 80s to the early 90s that followed... <laughs> A line of killer tomatoes. Oh, <laughs> so okay, well, that's that's multi-millionaire territory right there. That's how you become a multi-millionaire. But apparently, they did really well oh. on like, n- not necessarily on people watching them, like the amount of people who watched it. Yeah. But it had like a seventy to eighty percent approval rate from audiences. That's it. So were they? They were in the theaters, these movies? These killer tomato the movies. killer tomatoes. Were in the movie theaters. Hey, I got people a... people were going to watch it. I got a movie poster that says, Killer Tomatoes Eat France. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Who? It's like VeggieTales Gone Horror. Like a horror VeggieTales movie. To Killer Tomatoes. That reminds me of that show. What was it? Annoying Orange. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I have some Annoying Orange, like, toys that Santa Claus got me for Christmas one time. <laughs> I loved... I used to love Annoying Orange. It was annoying to me. I thought it was... I thought it was funny. Probably because I was... It's I, was <laughs> I was annoying myself. Still am. Okay, so, what? So that was it. That was it. That was it for Mr. Rick Rockwell. So it was just a multi-millionaire who was in Killer Tomato movies. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) That is very interesting. All right. So similar to your first story, with the with the Michael Larson, Michael Larson, Yeah, Larson, yeah. I also have a, a 30, in his 30s year old man, 37 year old man. His name is Charles Ingram, and he was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in September 2001. So that's like, that's, that's recent. Like well, well, compared I mean, to yeah, this you're guy right. being in the 70s. But that that's also the same time as 9-11, September 2001. So there's a lot of interesting things happening during these times. So if you don't know who wants to be a millionaire, if you don't know how that works, you go on this game show and you have a host and you sit in the, he sits in a chair and then you sit in a chair across from him and you answer 15 increasingly difficult questions. The host will ask you these questions correctly to become a millionaire and there but prior to charles ingram being on the show there were only two people who had ever answered all 15 questions right and gotten the million dollars so it's pretty pretty rare for there to be somebody to get all 15 questions right so he was the third contestant in the history of the show to ever win a million dollars and after he had already won the million dollars, there was some suspicion amongst the uh, crew of the show and the audience members on 
if he may have been cheating or not. Because the ways, the ways he would answer these questions would be, he would have an answer to the question. Like he'd be like, oh, I think it's B. And then he'd be like, he would just do a complete U-turn as he got to the answer. And then he'd be like, oh, never mind, it's D, it's D. And mm -hmm. so that was kind of suspicious because yeah. you don't just change your answer that quickly, like based on nothing. And so after he had won the million dollars, people were suspecting he was cheating. And I also want to mention that before he was on the show, he had a wife, that his wife and his brother were also on the show previous to his time on the show. Um, they won some money, but not a million dollars, not the million dollars like at the end of the show. So they kind of, his wife and his brother kind of knew how the show worked. And so they were able to show uh, Charles how the show worked so he could know like what to do when he was on the show. And so uh, after he had won the million dollars, they suspended giving him the money right away because of allegations of cheating. So usually when you win the show, they give you like a check for a million dollars like in the next day or two. But they suspended giving him the money because they thought that there was a way that he was cheating. So they went over the recordings of Charles, like on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, as the host. Uh, the host was Chris Tarrant. After he would ask him a question, Charles would kind of sit there and be like, well, I don't think it's D, and I don't think it's C either. And then on the recordings of the show, you could hear some audience members coughing in a certain pattern as he was trying to decide the answer. And then he would do a complete U-turn, and then he'd be like, oh, never mind, I think it's D, I think it's D, D, final answer. And, like, that was just so, yeah, that was just so, <laughs> like, nobody on the show has ever acted the way Charles did. And he made it so obvious, too. And so they figured out this, the coughing, some of the, there was people in the audience coughing different patterns uh -huh. to, like, show them the right answers. And one audience member, it was his wife. So, oh. yeah, obviously yeah. his wife was cheating for him, like basically giving him the right answers. We don't know how she knew the right answers. Like, I mean, if she was on the show before Charles and she knew the right answers, why didn't she just go on the show herself and do it, you know? Because yeah. they weren't allowed to have, like, I don't know, technology in there so they could look it up and help the... Uh, contestant cheat, and so, another, another. It w it wasn't just his wife coughing either. It was, there was another guy in the audience, called Techwin Whitlock. Mm -hmm. Ima imagine your first name being Techwin. <laughs> That's, it's like such a, it's like, Techwin. that guy from Boy Meets World, Farkle. <laughs> that was his name, wasn't it? No, that was from no. What's Girl the guy, Meets World. What's the guy from Steinfeld? Seinfeld? Yeah. Newman? No, the crazy guy. Kramer? Kramer. Kramer. Why did that remind yeah. me of? That? I don't know. There's the, they always give like the odd people the weird names. I think Kramer is kind of cool, though. I remember an episode of Kramer spending his whole life in a shower. In the shower? Yeah, he would eat lettuce in the shower as a meal. <laughs> My dad loves Seinfeld. I, I, I don't know. I think it was just... But Newman, do you remember Newman on Seinfeld? He would like... 
they would always be like Newman. You know what I'm talking about? You're not as cultured <laughs> as me. <laughs> You're cultured. I haven't watched enough. You need to watch it some more. Well, anyway, they figured out that his wife and his lecturer were coughing in a pattern so that Charles would know what answer was the right one. And then they all ended up being convicted and going to jail. That's Ooh. how serious this was. Because, I mean, you're dealing with a million dollars here. Yeah, it's not like not... just some silly game. Like, you're actually, you have the chance to win a million dollars. So, uh, his wife and, or Charles and his wife were both sentenced to 18 months in jail. And then Whitlock was sentenced to 12 months in jail. And then... <laughs> What's funny is while Whitlock was on trial, so uh, his uh, Charles's lecture, he he denied that he was cheating. Like he denied that he was coughing to help Charles cheat. He said that he had always had a cough his whole life, and that aller his allergies were really bad that day, and he he couldn't help but coughing. Like it wasn't that he was trying to help Charles cheat. It's just that he was... He had a bad cough that day. And I, I just thought that was funny because the jury just obviously threw that out the window and didn't believe him at all. And then... So after all that, that was... I mean, that's pretty interesting, but... I have a little fun fact about Charles Ingram, the cheater on the show. Okay. Charles... Um, Lost three toes <laughs> in 2010 what? from a lawnmower. What? That, that's all that's, I have to say. I mean, that, that's okay. just... It's kind of a good ending to a story about a cheater. He lost three of his... Actually, that's kind of cruel. That lose three of your toes just for... I don't know. But, yeah, he did lose three of his toes, so I think that's... So, in the end, even if interesting. He, even if he did win the money, say say he didn't get caught... It's just insane how much is taxed on these things, on game shows. Yeah. With all the math, and like you winning a million dollars, you're going into a new tax bracket. Uh, you'd be taxed $370,000 off of that. Yeah. 375000 So, really, it's not who wants to be a millionaire. It's who, who wants, wants to be a little three-fourths three of a millionaire. <laughs> That that's one thing about game shows that they don't tell you. Yeah, and I feel like there's tax involved with it. Recently, like game shows have been giving out less and less money, for like they except, they... except Mr. Beast, he's been giving oh, out more money, <laughs> but he's not. I don't know. Like um, they got rid of. I'm so sad they got rid of Deal or No Deal. They got rid of that. Yeah. With How I Know. Yeah. <laughs> Why? It, I liked it, but they also gave away like fifty thousand dollars every game. Oh, uh, yeah, that's it's kind of a lot to be given out. Yeah, it wasn't it's like every. It wasn't test. like you lose and you don't get anything. Mm-hmm. It was like you're gonna get at least ten thousand dollars from this. Yeah, so you also looked up this guy, uh, Rodney James. Forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, Alcala. Alcala? Alpaca. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> anyways, he was on the game show called The Dating Game, and his episode aired in 1978. Mm -hmm. Basically, the show was where you had three bachelors, which were kept separately from one woman 
who would ask some questions. And she would eventually, at the end of the show, pick one of them to go on a date with. But she couldn't ask any questions about occupation, uh, income, or what they looked like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the woman contestant for the show was Cheryl Bradshaw. And she ended up picking Rodney at the end of the show, who described himself as a photographer who enjoyed skydiving and going to ride motorcycles. Scott, what a cool guy. <laughs> he likes skydiving and riding motorcycles. That's like the dream life of... Actually, <laughs> skydiving, absolutely not. I would never do that. It's too scary. Turns out, those two things won't be the only extracurricular activities. Oh, oh okay. okay. So, at the very end, when basically they went on the date, she left. And and called him creepy. I <laughs> would going on the date. So why why was he creepy? What was creepy about him? Um eventually like a cool guy. <laughs> eventually it was found out that he murdered six women and a twelve oh. year old girl. Oh, so so <laughs> with him riding motorcycles and skydiving, he had a little side hustle in there, didn't he? He was he was just like, you know, I'm I'm just gonna go murder somebody and then hop on my motorcycle and and just go have some fun like that was that was who he was yes. and it's not like even if you were to say okay six or seven people not that many i don't know what kind of psychopath you are for saying that but if you for really don't think that that's not enough it is estimated over 130 people what <laughs> wait rewind <laughs> The same guy, Rodney James Alpaca. <laughs> this guy. Yes, over a hundred and thirty victims. Did he get? What was his? So him being on the show was he just like you know I'm just gonna spice things up and try to kill somebody a different way. I have no clue how he was allowed show. onto the show. So they after she left because he was creepy. What was what what happened to him after that? Did he? Basically, he falls off the radar until he's convicted of these murders of the six women and the young <laughs> child. And apparently, most of these were committed before he was on the show, too. Mo Wait, so there were some <laughs> after he was on the show? Yes. Wow. That That's... I feel like if that lady would have died who was on the show... It would have been... It would have been... Found out way quicker. Yeah, it would have been found out way quicker, so... She kind of In a way, way, she kind of helped him. <laughs> no, well, I don't think he helped. <laughs> she helped her. She helped herself. Good for her. But I don't know. That's kind of kind of insane. Did he get the death sentence? Or yeah. You know? So he was uh, he was sentenced to death row at the California Department of Correction and Rehabilitation, but. He died at 1.43 a.m., and the corrections facility wouldn't state any more details about it, other than Wait. that he died. Wait, so he was sentenced to death row, and then he just died, and they didn't say anything about it before he was scheduled to die? I could not find a single thing on them reporting. Well, maybe <laughs> maybe it's a good thing. Maybe they were just like, we can't keep this guy around any longer. He needs to be dead right now. 
Death Row isn't isn't coming quick enough. And about the show as itself, uh, getting away from Rodney and everything, just the show. I watched the clip of it from well, this is in the seventies, so there wasn't much respect for women. Because <laughs> yeah. some of the jokes that they made were just outright yes. crude like and yeah, it was bad. And I was like, how do they allow this on public TV? Like, I know it was different, but still, if there's, like, children around, how are you going to put this on TV? But apparently, it came on at 10 o'clock at night. Oh, that's like when the the adults would be watching. (laughs) All the kids would be in bed, unless you were a bad, bad kid, disobedient kid. (laughs) You got another one? Or is that it? Um, no, I don't have another one, but... All right, thank you for being here and listening to our first episode on Game Show Cheaters. Yep. Thank <laughs> you, guys. This is the first and only ep- I'm <laughs> first episode of our podcast. We're still figuring out some things, but yeah, hopefully we'll learn how to Hey, we'll continue this. this. We yeah. will get better. We will get better. We will. Maybe, maybe move somewhere different to where... You don't like this room? <laughs> to where I could like... I don't know. This, <laughs> I don't know. It's not a bad room. It's just not fit for multiple people, I don't think. But basically in a closet, right? <laughs> yeah, basically. But yeah, we'll, we'll work on improving it and everything. All right. Thanks. Bye.